You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and fake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. And won. What up, what up? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Thursday, October 31st, 2019. It is officially Halloween. So happy Halloween to anyone who goes out there and dibbles and dabbles in the festivities of Halloween, whatever those festivities may be. Maybe you'll take the kiddos out trick-or-treating. Maybe you'll get dressed up. Maybe you're dressed up right now. Maybe you are one of those that decided to get dressed and and go to work in your costume. I'm not going to lie to you, Raider Nation. Your boy thought about it. I really didn't. I'm not a guy who celebrates Halloween. I'm just not. I never have really been that guy. Matter of fact, I used to go to neighbors' houses the day after Halloween and actually try to get their candy, their leftover candy, something I learned from the Cosby Show. Now, who would have known years later that I would have been saying the Cosby show really wasn't something I probably should have been watching because, well, Bill wasn't really the best dude ever. But I didn't know that when I was young. Bill was cool, right? So who would have known that the Cosby show would have led me the wrong way? But anyway, in the Cosby show, I did see Bill Cosby say he used to go trick-or-treating the day after. So I did that a couple times when I was a young dude, when I was the new booty. And you know what? It worked. Because a lot of parents didn't want that extra candy left at the house. Matter of fact, sometimes the parents would give me their kids candy from the day before. The day the candy that they went and collected, they just give it to me and say, here, take it. And it'd be great. So I had all the candy in the world. But uh, Mama Q will tell you, I wasn't really a big candy guy. I'm still not a big candy guy. I love me some Reese's, like Butterfingers a lot. But besides that, not really too much. You know, I'm not really a big candy guy. I do like like the hard candies that are just, I don't know, stuff that just, you know, I don't know. Anyway, it's going to get too graphic, so I'm going to leave it alone. Anyway, happy Halloween. I thought about dressing up, and then I realized, oh, that's why I got in the story to begin with, right? <laughs> I got into that story to begin with just to tell you that I, why I thought about dressing up, but I didn't. I thought about it just to wear to work, and then I realized that I'm on the radio and not TV, and so nobody's going to see me anyway, so what does it matter? So I can lie to you right now and say I'm dressed up as Tyrone Biggums from uh, you know, the Dave Chappelle show, the crackhead, you know, red balls, it gives you wings. You know what I mean? Like, I could be that guy, but... Nobody knows anyway if I'm telling the truth or not. So I thought I might as well just go ahead and save money and not dress up. That don't make any sense. So anyway, so happy Halloween. I say all that to tell you happy Halloween. And why don't we go ahead and get on into the show because that's what we're here for. And I can tell already by the length of the introduction, the show's probably going to be a little bit lengthier than it was on Wednesday on Crossover Edition Wednesday. And I know it was a little shorter than usual. And most people probably thought, oh, what's Q doing? It's getting shorter, but it was funny because my crossover edition interview was only like 22, 23 minutes long, so it wasn't really long enough to extend the show and make it really long, but then it wasn't short enough to put it all into one segment, if that made any sense. So it ended up being, I think the show was like 38 minutes long, which is actually probably right up the locked on people's uh, alley. They're probably thinking, yeah, Q's getting, getting on the same page with everybody now. Not really. That was just that day. 
So this show will probably be a little bit longer, but it's all good. I'm sure uh, most people won't mind. Before I get into today's show and before I even tell you what's coming up on today's show, I got to give many, many, many thanks out to Selena in the OC. And you're going to hear from her later on in the show talking about the massive tailgate party that's going to be happening on Sunday for the Raiders-Lions game. As a matter of fact, I think I'm just going to go ahead and play that call right now so I guarantee that everyone hears it. Uh, It's very important if you plan on being in attendance. Selena and others have really gone out of their way to put in a lot of their own time, a lot of their own money to make sure this thing is not only fun but successful. This won't be the only tailgate party. It hasn't been the only tailgate party, but this one's going to set it off, and it's going to end with the tailgate party on December 15th against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the last regular season game at the Oakland Coliseum ever, the game that I will be in attendance at, and that's going to be a huge tailgate party as well. But first and foremost, let's go ahead and I want to thank Selena, really, because she's put in so much work, and this has been well before the season and even started she started putting in this work so I definitely appreciate her want to show her that love but here's her call here's her call straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line letting anyone know who wants to go to that tailgate party on Sunday what they need to do so here's Selena in the OC Hi guys Selena in the OC um, calling regarding our uh, tailgate party on Sunday uh, for the home game in, in Oakland so um, and particularly uh, this, this Sunday this weekend uh, November 3rd if you're on the um, email list for this tailgate party, I really need to know that you're coming, and um, I'm already picking up um, food and beverages for you. Um, that's all great. You don't need to reach out to me again if I've already been in contact with you. But I do have a lot of people on the list that I have not been in contact with, and I'm not very clear on if you plan on tailgating with us or if you're just on the list because you're going to the game. So it would be great if you can give me a proper um, uh, acknowledgement of if, you're, if you are planning on coming to um, our Locked On Family Tailgate or if you have plans to um, uh, with other people or other tailgates or what have you. Because I know some people have passes in other lots. Um, it's just very important I get an accurate headcount because I'm trying to understand um, how much space we need and how much um, – how much food and beverages that we need for people that are coming in from out of town that can't really um, love their own stuff. Um, so the email is locked on raiders at yahoo.com. Please reach out to me uh, this week and let me know so I can understand, uh, again, the amount of space. And if you're, if you're local, you do plan on um, tailgating with us, and you can drive in, I would greatly appreciate anybody and anyone who can purchase a parking lot B pass that can come in. Right now I only have four passes, um, which I'm very nervous is not really enough space. But again, I don't have an accurate headcount. So please reach out to me, LockedOnRaiders at Yahoo.com. After we get through week nine, um, I will uh, reach out to all those who are participating in our last home game. Again, much love to Selena in the OC. Much love to everyone who's been chipping in, participating, reaching out to Selena, letting them know that she can or they can help her. She can count on them helping her. But she really needs to get that head count. She needs to make sure she has a proper head count. If you're going to go to the tailgate party, LockedOnRaiders at Yahoo.com. Please email Selena today. And if you're driving in, make sure to buy a parking pass in parking lot B so there's plenty of space for the party. As a matter of fact, I'm not driving in when I come in for December 15th game, but I know that a parking pass in 
parking lot B is needed. So I'm probably just going to buy one anyway. I don't know what car I'm going to put it on, but I'm going to make sure I get one so I can get an extra spot so we can have that party. Somehow, some way, we're going to make that work. I don't mind going out and getting an extra extra uh, little parking lot pass because, again, that's what we need to make sure that this thing is set off in a major way. So I wanted to go ahead and get that out at the very beginning so everyone gets to hear it. And I know everyone that listens to the show is not going to be there this Sunday, next Sunday, the Sunday after that, or December 15th, what I'm talking about. I get that. But uh, for the people that are going to be there, I definitely wanted to make sure that that is known right off the top. Again, I probably said this is going to be a lo- little bit longer show than usual. So anyway, I'll deal with the ramifications when that comes. So I'm, I'm sure no one's going to be too upset by that. Coming up on today's show, I got your calls, and I got a bunch of them coming up in segment number three. I know I've been really, really backed up on the calls. I know some folks get frustrated at times because their call is not on. But look, just bear with me. I'm going to make sure it happens. I got a bunch of calls I'm going to get to today on the show in segment number three, 707-654-4693. That's the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line. A lot of folks hit me up on Twitter. You could do that as well. At your boy Q254. Again, at your boy Q254. That's going to be segment three. In segment number two, John Gruden, he had his press conference. He met with the media on Wednesday and talked about a lot of different subjects from guys that are injured, guys he expects to play on Sunday, Derek Carr, how the team in general is playing, the Lions, Matt Stafford. I mean, he had a lot of things he wanted to talk about, and I'm going to break that down. I'm not going to play the whole thing for you, but I broke it down into just little quotes, and I'm going to go ahead and, and play those quotes for you in segment number two. Here in segment number one, you got it, the news and notes as always. So the Raiders made some roster moves on Wednesday. They signed center Eric Magnuson, linebacker Will Compton, defensive tackle Terrell McLean, Brandon Marshall. He was signed on Tuesday. So with that being said, moves had to be made to make room on the 53-man roster. So what the Raiders did, the corresponding moves were as follows. The Raiders waived linebacker Dakota Allen. If you remember, they signed him off the Rams practice squad. He never saw the field. You know, if he ever saw the field, I never saw him on the field, but he was never a guy that caught up to speed. I was kind of excited to see if Dakota had anything in the tank where he could come and, and bring it to the table and maybe be a, a young stud linebacker. But again, he was on the Rams practice squad. The Raiders signed him from that, and he never did anything on the field. The Raiders also released defensive end Kasim Edibali. Uh He did absolutely nothing. And the one that really got me, defensive tackle Corey Legit, he was released as well, uh, and he did very little. He did very little. The thing that bothers me about the Corey Legion releasing is not because you released the player and all of a sudden you're, the Raiders are going to miss that player. The problem that I have with Corey Legion is the fact that he was signed and Anthony Rush, the undrafted free agent Anthony Rush, he was put on the practice squad to make room for Corey Legion. Well, if you remember, I told you a couple weeks ago, the Philadelphia Eagles actually went and signed Anthony Rush off the Raiders practice squad. So that was a young up-and-coming defensive tackle, a guy who was healthy, a guy who might have down the road been able to help the Raiders. They gave up a roster spot for Corey Legion, put him on the practice squad, allowing him to be taken by another team when he may have been talented enough to stick on the roster and actually be a player instead of the Raiders going out and signing defensive tackle Terrell McClain. Anthony Rush may have been able to be that guy to fill that void. He did pretty well in the preseason, not saying that that means he's going to have regular season success, but... It's just a young, talented dude that they may have let get away because they were so hell-bent on signing defensive tackle Corey Legion, who, uh, like I said, did very little, was banged up when they signed him. And the reason why he ends up getting cut is because he's still banged up. And you'll actually hear that from John Gruden coming up in segment number two. So that really bothered me that Corey Legion did next to nothing for the Raiders and a young, 
up-and-coming defensive tackle, lost his roster spot, and now the Philadelphia Eagles have him on their roster because the Raiders made that room for Corey Legion. That one, that one really bothered me, and I don't even know if Anthony Rush is going to be really good, but I'd rather them take a chance with the young, talented dude that is maybe unknown and, and could be on the come-up instead of a guy that, well, we pretty much know who he's going to be. He's going to be a dude who could be okay, but is always banged up, and that's ultimately why he got released is because he's banged up. Also on Wednesday, center Rodney Hudson did not practice, and backup center Andre James did not practice either. Both guys are dealing with high ankle sprains. Now I'm telling you, if it wasn't for bad luck, seems like the Raiders would have no luck, right? Especially with the Raiders in that offensive line. It is unbelievable. Rodney Hudson goes out with a high ankle sprain on Sunday, and then Andre James, the undrafted free agent out of UCLA, he comes in, and he's playing his tail off. There's a heck of a job. I talked to him after the game. All seems pretty good. I know I saw him get his ankle twisted, a little banged up on a Sunday, but he played the rest of the game, so I felt pretty good about it, and then he was available in the locker room, and usually guys that are injured, they don't make available in the locker room. He was available, but then all of a sudden to find out he didn't practice on Wednesday, and John Gruden said that both guys are dealing with high ankle sprains. So newly signed Eric Magnuson actually put in a lot of work in practice on Wednesday, and hopefully it's just precautionary. You don't want to be without Hudson or James and have a brand new guy signed off of the Bills practice squad, have to take that spot, or... John Gruden mentioned Richie Incognito playing the center position and actually having Denzel Good kick over to the left guard position. But again, it's like a carousel of players when it comes to the offensive line. It hasn't been solid all season long as far as there hasn't been the starters there at all for one full game. Not one time this season have all the starters been there. Either the right tackle's been out, the right guard's been out, now the center's out, uh, the left guard's been out. The only guy that's been solid and been there the whole time is the left tackle, Colton Miller. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So we'll see what happens throughout the week. Hopefully they just held Andre James out because of uh, precautionary reasons, and he's able to go on Sunday. That's what my gut feeling tells me, that I, I think that's going to happen. I hope that's going to happen. I would love to see Richie Incognito stay at that left guard position right there next to Colton Miller. I think that's a nice one-two punch right there. And uh, like I said, Andre James did a good job on Sunday against the Texans. Would love to see him continue to hold down that spot and not have to shake up the offensive line any more than it's already been shaken up. And with all that being said, they still have been holding down that position, right? Still keeping Derek Carr upright. He hasn't been sacked in the last three games. So uh, whatever Tom Cable on that offensive line is doing, just keep on doing it. No matter who is out there, I really respect the job that he's done so far this season. Coming up in segment number two, John Gruden had his press conference on Wednesday. I broke it down, brought you some good nuggets, or going to bring you some good nuggets that you can hear from that. Not going to play the whole thing for you. I like to break it down and just give you some good quotes from John Gruden. So you're going to hear that in segment number two. Before I get into that, though, I got to tell you about my bookie. My bookie is fast, it's easy, and you know they pay when you win. And let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, right? I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. But like I tell you all the time, they are the best. So bet with them. Make it happen. Do the smart thing. You're betting football this season? Bet with my bookie. And did you know that you could bet on games after the kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet's going to lose, psh, no worries. Flip it on over to the other side, and you're going to be a winner just like that. If you're the kind of person that likes to gamble, man, if you're a gambler, if you're one of those that likes to roll the dice, you like to bet a little but win a lot, you could try a parlay. All your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, again, the NFL season is the best time of year to do it and to do it with my bookie. Matter of fact, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. If you use the promo code Locked On, they will double your first deposit. So right now, while you're on the internet, stop looking at Facebook. Stop trying to check out girls on Facebook. Visit mybookie.ag today and open up an account. They will double your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. That's how you activate the offer. Promo code Locked On. Mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Segment number two is on the way. You are Locked On Raiders. 
your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we are, Raider Nation, segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Halloween, the last day of the month. And I'll tell you, man, man, our numbers on the podcast, I know I'm not trying to get into it right now because I don't need to extend this show any longer than it's already going to be. I'll tell you on tomorrow's show, when we start the first of the month, I will tell you what the month of October's numbers look like and what the whole year's numbers look like. And I'm telling you, it is going to be amazing. You might have to sit down to hear these numbers. But I'll do that on tomorrow's show because I'll wait for the the rest of today's show, all the downloads and all that stuff to come through to give you a full, uh, complete tally of the month of October. And again, you might have to sit down when I tell you these numbers. It's going to be incredible. But anyway, that's not what we're here for right now. We're here for the John Gruden press conference, the breakdown from Wednesday. So I'm going to hit you with what I found to be important from the press conference. It was about 10 minutes long. I'm going to hit you with what I thought was important, something that you might want to hear. So there's been a lot of guys signed to the roster. I talked about it in segment number one. Well, John Gruden was asked about one of those guys, Brandon Marshall. If what he saw in practice on Wednesday makes him feel like he could be ready to go on Sunday. Now, this is a very interesting answer. I want you to listen to this, and I'm going to tell you exactly why I feel like this is an interesting answer after you hear this clip. So here's John Gruden talking about Brandon Marshall. Well, today's practice wasn't a true gauge. Uh, today, we use Wednesdays a little differently than maybe other teams. We try to get a lot more reps at less speed. We try to teach the game plan, let the guys master the plan, and then Thursday we'll put the pads back on and get get our guys flying around on Thursday and Friday. So the big thing is get them reacclimated to the system. There's a lot of communication. You know, the middle linebacker is the quarterback of your defense. So, you know, we lose Burfick. We lost a, a big piece of our communication. And uh, obviously Mark Kelly and now Justin Phillips. So we need, we need Brandon to get the system rewired and uh, we need him to communicate it so he can get ready to go on Sunday. So one, it sounds like that he wants him to go on Sunday. And there's a couple reasons why this could be interesting. He sounds like he wants him to go on Sunday, but he also sounds like to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you can correct me if you get take something else from it, it also sounds like he wants him to wear the green dot. Well, the green dot, which is the quarterback of the, back, uh, of the defense, you know, Vontez Burford was, was wearing the green dot until he went out. To hear Whitehead has been wearing the green dot ever since, unless I'm wrong, unless I didn't realize that there was a change there. To hear Whitehead, to my knowledge, was wearing the green dot. It sounds like he wants Brandon Marshall. Now, this could be just for a backup. This could be a, a backup. So it may be, you know, I'm kind of looking too much into it. Maybe he'll be the green dot when To hear Whitehead's not on the field. Maybe that's the case. But it sounds like, by the way, he's talking about communicated, 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 almost like he's going to be the quarterback. And he even mentioned that, the quarterback of the defense. So I'm interested to see what Brandon Marshall's role is with the Raiders moving forward. And we might see it as soon as Sunday. So it's just something I kind of wanted to point out there. And speaking of signings and guys that may be playing on Sunday, John Gruden was asked if need be, he was asked about center Eric Magnuson. If he had to go on Sunday, if both Rodney Hudson and Andre James are out, does he think that he'll be able to go? Will Eric Magnuson be ready and why? Smart guy. He's, uh, you know, he played multiple positions at Michigan. He started a couple games in the NFL. So Incognito can be the center. He's a great player. Incognito can play center. Denzel can play guard. But um, we just want to get some continuity. The only guy to start every game on the line has been Colton Miller. We've had three different left guards, three different right guards, and three different right tackles. And now uh, potentially three different centers. So when you combine that with the youth at running back, the youth at tight end, and the changing of the guards at wide receiver, it's 
it's a tough it's tough been tough on Derek. It has, but they've done a good job. It has been tough on Derek, I'm sure, but they've done a good job. The offensive line is not consistent as it's been. All the continuity has not been there, been shuffling guys in and out. Derek Carr has done a good job, and the offensive line has done a good job just managing that. So another guy, I'm sure you're wondering, what does this guy have to do? Another guy recently signed, defensive tackle Terrell McClain. He played for the Redskins, the Cowboys, the Ravens, recently the Chiefs. John Gruden was asked what they like about Terrell McClain. Yeah, we like McClain. He um, played for my brother in Washington, was a really good one-gap player for the Cowboys, 2016. We think he fits the 4-3. Corey just had some some lingering bouts with his with his health and we needed to get one more big body in here that uh, can perhaps help us and hopefully McLean can, can be a quick study be ready to go soon now he didn't say go on Sunday he said go soon so we'll see when Terrell McLean actually gets brought into the fold right now you know at the defensive tackle you got Jonathan Hankins you got PJ Hall you got Mo Hurst who I'd like to see a little bit more from see bursts from him here and there but you don't see enough consistently uh, Cleve Farrell has been a guy that they've been putting inside at the defensive tackle position of course that's a hot button man you say Cleve Farrell's name you, you punch in Cleve Farrell on Twitter and there's nothing but hate on him again I was talked about it on the show many times. I'm not going to call the dude a bust. He's only played in a handful of games. Uh, there was a stat out about how many times he's got to the quarterback or how much pressure he's put on the quarterback. Hell, he hasn't even played the end position. He hasn't been the edge rusher. He's been a defensive tackle for more more of the time than he's been the edge rusher. So again, I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what the plan was for Cleve Farrell. But again, I think it's way too early to say, okay, well, that dude's just a bust. So, again, just just be patient with Cleve Farrell and see exactly how they bring him into the rotation, what they have him doing. And maybe with the signing of a McLean, maybe he's actually able to get back to being an edge rusher. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm not going to label a dude a bust after a handful of games. Of course, you want to know what John Gruden thinks about the upcoming matchup, right? What do you think about the Detroit Lions, the, the team coming to town on Sunday? What do you think about Matt Stafford in particular? Well, he was asked that, you know, how is Matt Stafford playing in your mind? And, and what do you think about the Lions in general? Here he is, John Gruden, talking about the Lions and Matt Stafford. Yeah, he's playing good, man. He's, uh, he's playing really well. You got to credit Daryl Bevel, the new offensive coordinator. They're doing a lot of things. They're, they're, they're multiple no-back formations. They sprinkle the no-huddle in there. They have some really good play-action passes. Stafford can scramble, and he is really a talented player, man. And Galladay's coming on, and Marvin Jones is a problem, and they drafted a really good tight end. So um, they're doing they're doing a lot of good things. And uh, defensively, you know, their stats might say something, but they've seen Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes, and you know, they've seen uh, some of the top quarterbacks in football also. So. We're our hands full. They are definitely going to have their hands full on Sunday. Again, the Lions do not really present much of a threat as far as the run game goes, but we all know Matt Stafford, he will butter his bread by standing back there and throwing the ball around the yard, slinging it around the yard. If you don't get some pressure on him, he will eat you alive, even though he doesn't have Megatron. He has wide receivers that are getting it done. Uh, he's over 2,000 yards passing already on the season. I mean, he's doing a heck of a job, and he's always done a heck of a job. Now, has does he give you opportunities to come up with plays and get a couple interceptions? Absolutely. I think that's going to happen on Sunday. I think you're going to see an interception or two. Uh, matter of fact, I think Trayvon Mullen gets his first interception of the season on Sunday against Matt Stafford. But like I said, he can still eat you alive. And if he's down a little bit at the end, please believe he has that comeback gene in him. He has that gene where he can come back and make things happen. So you got to be aware. You got to be very aware of Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions. And we'll talk more about that on Friday. I'll actually have the keys to the game like I've been doing traditionally on Friday. I got a lot coming up for Friday's show. But yeah, I'll have the keys to the game for you on Friday 
for sure. So if you're going to ask about the opposing team's quarterback, you got to ask about your quarterback, right? So John Gruden was asked about Derek Carr. You know, what have you seen from him this season now that he has that offensive line, even though they haven't been complete all year long? They've been protecting him. He's been upright. He hasn't been sacked in the last three games. How do you see the play from Derek Carr now that he's being protected and he's staying upright? I mean, he's um, he's obviously, you know, he's, he's been pinpoint with a lot of throws. He threw some really good balls the other night that really weren't caught either. You know, he threw some great passes down the field. Um, he's like any other quarterback in this league. The better the protection, the better the outcome. But he's playing well for us, that's for sure. And I don't think anybody could disagree with that. I don't think anybody could disagree and say Derek Carr is not playing well. Uh, the reason that the Raiders lost on Sunday against the Texans did not have to do with Derek Carr. It had to do with drops and the lack of defense. I mean, it's bottom line. Bottom line, the defense wasn't able to get off the field when they needed to, and Tyrell Williams and other wide receivers for the Raiders weren't able to come up with catches when they needed to as well. You know, a couple of his passes might have been a little high, but Derek Carr looked like he was in full control on Sunday, even with his nice little rollout pass that he had. He kept the play alive and uh, allowed uh, uh, Tyrell Williams to, to develop the route and, and get up and down the field and burn Gary on Conley for a nice touchdown. Derek Carr did that with his legs. He is showing the understanding of the game. He's been doing a lot of that lately. I mentioned a, a couple weeks ago when he checked out of some plays, some run plays, and, and checked into another play, and Josh Jacobs was able to come up with some big runs. I mean, he's showing an understanding of John Gruden's offense. So Derek Carr has not been the reason why the Raiders are losing games. The reason the Raiders are losing games is just because they can't finish. Their defense hasn't been able to get off the field when they need to. They haven't been able to get pressure on quarterbacks that are really good, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and oh, by the way, this week, you got Matt Stafford coming to town. So you got to get some pressure on that quarterback. So how does John Gruden think that his team has been playing in general? And, and it's funny because he actually cut off the beat writer that was asking the question because he was slowly trying to ask him the question about if they play really well, can they make it to the P word? And John Gruden cut him off right in the middle of him asking about that, right when he was about to get close to saying the P word. And John Gruden talked about just how his team is playing in general so far this season. Well, we feel like we're pretty good. I feel like we're getting better. You know, that's all we can control. We're just going to try to keep getting better every day. We would have liked to have the last win, but you know, there's a lot of teams in this league right now that are just hanging on. You know, it's 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 a tough business. We got a lot of injuries. We've had to endure some tough some tough deals, but um, I love this team. I like the way we're competing. I see improvement and. Uh, Hopefully we get some healthy bodies for this game because we need them. The team is pretty good right now. They are 3-4 and four on the season. You'd like to see them be 4-3. and three. Had that opportunity to be that if they could have won that game on Sunday against the Texans. We all know how that shook out, but the team is good. The team is good, and they're getting better, and you're starting to see them get a lot of national hype. You see, start to see these national guys. Not that it matters, but you're starting to see some of these national guys talk about the Raiders and, oh, you know what, I like the position, and, oh, they're close to, to being where they need to be. I mean, they're, they're starting to show a little bit of love to the silver and black. It's not a lot. It's not too much. But they're starting to show a love. People are starting to notice that the Silver Black are not just a gimme win. You see them on the on the schedule. It's like, oh, that's a dub. They can't. You can't say that about the Raiders now. You cannot just say that's an automatic dub. The Raiders are not one of those teams. And it's been well documented that the Raiders had so many games away from Oakland for so long. Ever since week two, they were gone. John Gruden was asked, what was the biggest challenge about being away from home for so long? Explaining it to my wife and friends and everybody in this league that's never done it. You know, I hope they do it to everybody in our division next year. I think every team should have an opportunity to go on the road for six weeks. Somebody had a great idea for us to do it. I think everybody ought to do it next year. Yeah, no, it was it was tough. Honestly, it was tough. It was uh, it was it's tough because they weren't you know close trips. They were overseas trips. They were you know across the country trips. Every one of them. So it was a challenge, but it allowed our team to bond and spend some time together. And we benefited from it.
and I really was proud of our guys the way they competed. Just a little sarcasm there is all it was. Uh, having a little fun. Yeah, it's all, right. it's all right to have a little bit of fun, and he did that. Look, that was a question that I asked a lot of the players when I was in the locker room on Sunday in Houston, and you know they said, and you heard John Gruden say it right now, he feels like a lot of that, them being on the road and them being forced to be around each other kind of brought that team together, so it's not ideal. It's not something that you want, but I feel like that that challenge, that adversity kind of helped this team come together and be the team that they are right now and be really a, a tight niche bunch, and again, it's not ideal, but the team came together like butt cheeks, and you could tell that they are a lot lot tighter as a unit now than than they probably would have been if they had you know multiple home games and didn't have to be around each other as much as possible now the final one I say the best for last I really really like this quote and not only did I save it for last because it was the best one but it was also the last question that was asked in the press conference but this one was really good I got to talk to this guy that he's going to be talking about on Sunday up in Houston got to uh, actually introduce myself because I've had him on the podcast before so I, I just wanted him to know who I was in person like meet me in person John Gruden was asked about Mad Max Crosby, the rookie fourth-round pick, just about the way he plays and what he's seen from him so far this season, what he likes about Mad Max Crosby. Here's John Gruden on Max Crosby. He's a great player Mid-America Conference. You know, you can't argue with his production that he had there, but he's, his signature is, is, is effort. Not, not many guys in the league play that hard that long. You know, there's a great player in Houston, J.J. Watt. I'm not comparing him to Watt. But I'm just telling you, Watt plays with incredible down-to-down effort. It's amazing. And it's his stamina, it's his conditioning. And that those are things that we love about Crosby. He plays as hard as he can play, and he can play a long time at that speed. And that's one of the reasons why he's getting to the quarterback. We'd like to see him get the quarterback down more, um, and I think he will. But it's his stamina and his effort right now that is is his strength and calling card. And as he continues to improve his arsenal, he's going to be a good player for the Raiders. You can't really ask for a better compliment than that than to have your coach say you got a motor like J.J. Watt. Now, John Gruden was very careful and said, look, I'm not comparing him to J.J. Watt, but I'm saying he goes with that energy of a J.J. Watt where he can go and go and go and have that energy and play so hard and give that effort for so long. Mad Max Crosby is playing a ton of snaps. Matter of fact, on Sunday, I believe he played the most defensive snaps out of anybody with the Raiders. I got to check that to be 100% sure, but I think that that's the fact that he actually played more defensive snaps than anyone else on that Raiders team. So uh, that just tells you about his effort. That tells you about the guy he is, something that we talked about in the offseason, that, hey, man, this guy is going to win with effort. And uh, that's something that I really appreciate. I love that uh, that quality about him. And, again, I always rather have a guy that I have to tell, hey, man, you're going to have to pull back. You're going to have to not give so much than tell a guy, hey, man, I need more from you. I need more from you. I need more from you. This guy, no one has ever had to tell that dude, hey, I need more from you. He's got that go-getter in him where he's going to go get him and he's going to give every ounce of him. He's going to give 110% every single opportunity he gets. Love that about Max Crosby. So that was John Gruden's Wednesday press conference just broken down right there. It was actually a couple more quotes than I even wanted to play, but I thought that they were some good stuff, so I wanted to bring it to you. So your thoughts, your concerns, what you got on your mind about the Raiders, that's coming up next in segment number three, your call straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Got a bunch of them today at 707-654-4693. That's coming up next on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, final segment of today's show, final segment of the month. This is October 31st, 2019, Halloween. <laughs> anyway, I'm not a very scary guy. Anyway, let's get to some calls straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start off with Cole Region Raider. He's calling in to eat a little crow as far as the offensive line and Tom Cable goes. Plus, he's talking about the Raiders not making a move before the trade deadline. Cole Region Raider. Hey, Q. How you doing? Raider Nation, how's everybody doing? This is the Cole Region Raider. It's been a little since I've called, but uh, I wanted to call. First thing I wanted to address is I want to eat a little crow. Uh, one of my very first calls, I said that I was worried about Tom Cable and what he was going to do to the offensive line. He's never produced a quality offensive line, blah, blah, blah. And that's why I'm eating crow. I think the offensive line's been playing outstanding. I'm sure everybody else does. Three games, three games in a row, no sacks. It's great. Kidding me? Card needs no sacks to play good. Everybody knows that. You can't have players rushing, getting in his face, and everything. He gets rattled. That's why his completion percentage is so high. But Tom Cable, hats off to you. I think the team's got a little ways to go on defense. Obviously, defense back, middle linebacker, we're hurting. I'm glad they didn't make any sudden movements here and try and go out and trade somebody. I mean, you got to think about this. You go out and try and get a high-end middle linebacker. Now you're giving up a, a, a high-round a high round pick, first or second-round pick, and a very large salary. And what's it going to do for you? Is it going to get us to the Super Bowl? No. No sense in wasting all that capital on a high draft pick when you're not going to the Super Bowl. Take that and save the pick. Make a good make a good pick. Mayock, they, they, they're doing really good on the draft. Uh, most of the rookies are really producing. Everybody's jumping a gun on Clee Farrell. Um, I think it's a little early to judge, but does he look impressive? No, but it's a little early to judge. Let's give the guy a little bit of time. But uh, the rest of the rookie class has been playing well. Trayvon Mullen, his outing was good. So, uh, you know, I guess back to my original point was, uh, you know, they're they're doing well. Don't judge Cleveland Farrell. Give him some time. And, uh, man, I didn't think I'd be saying this, but Tom Cable is doing a pretty darn good job. Uh, go Raiders. I'm out. Thank you for that call, my man. It's good to hear from you again. And, yeah, man, the O-line's been really good. It's been one of the strengths of the team. They have another challenge they're going to have to face this week. They, you know, they might have to have Richie Incognito. Who knows? He might have to switch over from the left guard position, be the center on Sunday against the Lions. But uh, either way, man, the coaching staff, Tom Cable, the O-line, they've been getting it done. They've been figuring things out. And as far as the trade deadline goes, yeah, if the Raiders were not going to get a difference maker, I'm good with them not trading anybody. They needed to get a young difference maker if they were going to make a a trade. If not, go on and save that draft pick and, and go ahead and find that stud. Go ahead and find that dude in the upcoming draft. So I'm with you on that. Definitely appreciate the call, and like I said, it's good to hear from you. Chris from Oklahoma City, he's up next. He's calling to talk about the Raiders' Twitter and what they're expecting, especially at the trade deadline. He has a question for myself and Raider Nation. Here he is, Chris from Oklahoma City by way of Stockton. Yo, what up, Q? This is Chris out of Oklahoma City. Hey, I just wanted to call in real quick. I, uh, you know, Raiders' Twitter is kind of blowing up or was blowing up over the last couple of days about the Raiders making moves, what we should do, what we should not do, why we should do it, so on and so forth. And, uh, 
I just wanted to make a quick point. I want to know, and and I really want to know this from UQ and some others, but I want to know what is what is everybody expecting from this season? Are we expecting to contend and go from there, or are we expecting to build from what we are doing this year and go into next year with a lot more um, ability to win? Uh, we could go out and give up all these draft picks, but are 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 we are we fighting for this year? Or are we fighting for years to come? You got to remember, next year we are in Las Vegas. If we go into Las Vegas winning and have a winning season, excuse me, man, that that says a lot. That will change everything. That'll build us up. I think we're not playing to win this year. I think we're playing to win next year, and I think this year is just showing us the foundation that we have and the process moving forward. Uh, calm down, Raider Nation. That's just my opinion. Uh, we're not playing for this year. We're not playing to win this year. If we do, that just tells you how much more opportunity we have with the draft pick and cap space that we have for next year. Don't be blindsided by um, anything this year. Now, I get it. I'm from Stockton. I love Oakland. I love the fact that they've been in Oakland. I know the move is going to hurt, so everybody wants to see them leave Oakland on a high note. I hear you. I understand. But to the same degree, I think we're playing for championships while we're in Vegas, not while we're in Oakland. My expectations are the Raiders are going to compete week in and week out. Honestly, I think a lot of fans got caught up talking about the P word, and when I say that, I mean playoffs. I also said I didn't want to talk about the P word unless they beat either the Packers or the Texans, and unfortunately, the Raiders lost both. So clearly, the team is better than it was in 2018. The foundation, something we heard a lot about in the offseason, it's been laid. Better times are ahead, but I think the Raiders could be and should be competitive each week, week in and week out, moving forward. And they honestly should be favored in a few games, including Sunday versus the Lions, which I know right now I believe they're two-point favorites. But, uh, yeah, against the Lions, I think it's a game that they definitely should win. You got to put on a show for the fans in Oakland, man. You, you've been gone for a long time. You got to uh, appreciate them being there when you return, and you got to put on a good show. So I definitely believe that they'll get it done on Sunday against the Lions. Next call up, Victor from Cali. He actually called in on Monday to talk about the game against the Texans and give an overall assessment on it, offensively and defensively. Victor from Cali. Hey, Q. Victor from Cali. Uh, I had calls a while. Uh, real quick, thanks for uh, the Monday show. That was awesome. Love the interviews. Locker room interviews. Love hearing from the guys. Great job in there. Um, had a couple things I wanted to get to. Uh, number one, our offense game. I don't have a problem with it at all. We put up 24 points. I think any time you score over 22, you have a good shot of winning a game. Um, it was exciting seeing uh, some of the plays that were made. Derek Carr threw for three touchdowns. We still have our running game. But I think we're solid on offense. Uh, Tyrell Williams, yeah, he's got to make some of those catches. But um, going over to the defense, you know, one thing I'll say positive about the defense, the run game is phenomenal. Best I've seen in a long time. People just can't run on us. But the question I have is where in the heck is Maurice Hurst and Cleveland Burrow? Uh, those guys are on a milk carton somewhere. I am not seeing them anywhere, and it's frustrating for me because – the Green Bay game and the Houston game, in my opinion, were lost because Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson had four or five seconds to sit back there and wait for the receivers to get wide open. And I don't care how good your secondary is. 
uh, they're going to get wide open. And that, that became apparent with DeAndre Hopkins. While uh, Deshaun Watson just sitting back there waiting for him, uh, time after time, he was just feeding him the ball. No pressure at all. So uh, that's we got to get that corrected. Other than that, um, I was excited to see Trayvon Mullen or Man, he had a close one. That could have been a, a difference maker in this game. But uh, that's all I had. Just a couple thoughts on the game. Did go our way. I think we'll get the next one. Uh, that's it. Peace out. Thanks. Thank you, my man, for your call. I appreciate hearing from you again. Sorry it took me a minute to get it on. But you asked, where's Mo Hurst? Where's Cleve Farrell? That's the question. It's a good question. You know, both are playing in the interior part of the defensive line. Farrell has taken a lot of heat. He's been labeled a bust already. Not by me, but it is what it is. Mo Hurst, he has his moments. You know, both guys, I think they need to start winning more at the point of attack. But, uh, again, I think that these guys are young. They're on the come up, and, and you see it a lot from Mo Hurst. I mean, you saw, you saw, especially in London, you saw it against Chicago. Do you need to see it more consistently from Mo Hurst? Absolutely. But uh, Cleve Farrell, I think that they just haven't found his position yet. And I would love for the Raiders to find a spot. I would love for Paul Gunther to find a spot, stick him there, and let him go. Right now, he's just kind of been a, a jack-of-all-trades. You know, maybe not a master of anything, but a jack-of-all-trades. Just go do this, go do this, and go do whatever the team asks him to do. And maybe that's why they grabbed him, because he could be one of those guys, one of them Clemson guys. There's a reason why the Raiders went out and got so many Clemson guys. Look, they got Cleve Farrell, they got Trayvon Mullen, they got Hunter Renfro. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And then they got Josh Jacobs from Alabama. Those are all programs where guys are expected to be leaders. They're expected to know what they're doing. They're expected to be winners. I mean, there's a lot of different things to point at. So we'll have to see how everything shakes out. But I totally understand where you're coming from. Appreciate the call. Raider Big C from L.A. He's up next. Hasn't called in for a while and has a very good reason why he hasn't called in. He's also chiming in about the team and the fact that he'll be at the game on Sunday. Here he is, Raider Big C from L.A. Hey, Q. This is Raider Big C from L.A. I haven't called in a while. Um, first of all, I want to say you're doing a great job with the podcast. I've been hearing it every single day. The reason why I haven't called in, um, unfortunately, my mom passed away to colon cancer. Just right before the season started, matter of fact, it was that Wednesday before that Monday night football game. So I've been, you know, going through the emotions of that. Uh, but I've been looking forward to your podcast every day. Your podcast gets me through every morning because um, I used to call her every morning because she live, she lived in Fresno. I live in LA, so we had a little bit of distance. But your podcast gets me through every day. I've been listening every day to the podcast, and I just want to say that. This team is doing good. Um, I'm looking forward. This Sunday, I'm going to be in Oakland, finally be back home. And I called around this time because you get this podcast or get the this voicemail on Thursday show. It'll be mean a lot to me. It's actually her birthday. So happy birthday to my mom. And also happy early birthday to you because your birthday is on Sunday. Um, but overall, this team is doing a great job. Three or four, this last one was a tough loss. I think they're on the right track. <clears throat> you can see they're motivated. They know what they need to do better than last year. And one thing that a lot of newbies don't know, I forgot to mention, that my fiance is a Patriots fan, and she did say before the season, made a bet, if we make it to the playoffs, I know that P word, she will become a Raider fan. But other than that, keep up the good work. Thanks again for everything you've done. I appreciate it. We're at a big C from L.A. 
out. Great to hear from you, my man. I'm sorry about your mom passing. I'm glad that this show can help you get through the pain. And honestly, 100% honest, this is why I do the show, because I know that it means a lot for multiple reasons to many different people. So I'm just glad that I could be, you know, a part of your life and, and be a part of uh, getting over the pain. You know, if this show helps you get over the pain, then that's well worth it. Everything else is secondary, but that's well worth it. Uh, I definitely appreciate that. Also, Happy birthday to your mom. May she enjoy her day the best way she can up in heaven, free of pain and suffering as she deserves. Also, I love your thoughts on the team. I hope they get back to the P word so your girlfriend can come on over to the silver and black. And and honestly, man, she sounds like she really wants to be a part of Raider Nation anyway, but that's just me. I think you should just go ahead and get her a, a Raider jersey and just say, come on over to the dark side. Don't you worry about nothing else. But really, I mean, all jokes aside, I'm so glad you called and wish your moms a happy birthday. That means the most to me. So happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday once again to your mama from all of Raider Nation. Thank you so much for that call, my man. Mario in Tucson, he's up next. He actually called in on Monday to talk about the game versus the Texans, and in particular, penalties and defense. Here he is, Mario in Tucson. Q, Raider Nation, what's happening? Mario in Tucson, what's happening, everybody? Well, as for that Houston game, I'm not happy with the results, but I'm never happy when the Raiders lose. It's just, uh, you know, just the way they lost the game, I guess, is what pisses me off. I mean, first thing, those penalties. We don't have a chance of going to the P word or anywhere else if we don't clean up those penalties. It's ridiculous for us to be out there like that, just committing stupid penalties. Now, were some of them self-inflicted? Yeah, some of them were penalties. But a lot of them weren't. They just caused stuff because... I think there's a mandate somewhere in the NFL rule books that says the Raiders must have penalties instead of just, you know, letting us play games out. So we're playing against the other team and also playing against those penalties, which in turn is just shooting ourselves in the foot. Part two, I think the uh, the offense played well. Derek Carr played well. Yeah, we had some costly drops, and we weren't able to get Jacobs going. But – you know what? We seem to be improving, but it, improving isn't enough to beat a team like Houston with a quarterback like that. As a playoff quarterback, and we didn't seem equipped to play against that guy or even beat him. We were going to need to play a really mistake-free game to beat that dude, and we didn't do it. That's why we lost. But in the grand scheme of things, I think we're improving. I think everything's starting to look better. I think that we can win games with this team as constituted. Now, can we use maybe some more, you know, help on the, you know, defensive line? Maybe. Can we use some more help in the secondary? Maybe. But if not, we could go on and win some games with the guys we already have. And we should just try to gel, try to get this thing put together. We're already building a team, and, you know, we're just kind of at the starting point. And we just need to figure out a way to get this team to gel and to start winning some of these games. That's a game we probably should have won. That's two games in a row that we could have won. I just thought that 
talent for talent, guy for guy, man for man, we would have been able to do that. But we didn't. Raider Nation, let's get back at it next week. Mario, thank you for that call, my man. And look, penalties, they were reputation built. The Raiders have always led the league or really been close to leading the league in penalties. It is what it is. Yes, they need to be cut out. But for some reason, it's going to happen. I don't really sign up to the, you know, the conspiracy theory that the officials – hate the, the Raiders and they just want to throw every penalty on them. But again, it kind of you build that reputation and, and, and they think that you're having a penalty or you're committing a penalty when you really haven't. So I get it. It's tough, but it's just something that the Raiders got to deal with. Uh, offense was fine, in my opinion. Josh Jacobs was good, but he just didn't get enough touches. He only got 15 touches as far as running the rock, so he just needed some more touches, but he was good. He was averaging like five yards a carry. He was doing a hell of a job. Carr was good. Williams was good with the exception of a couple drops, but he ultimately was good. The defense, they needed to come up with some late stops and those untimely penalties, again, like you mentioned, they killed the Raiders. So uh, it's a game that the Raiders should have won on Sunday. They should be 4-3 and three right now, but should have, would have, could have. They're not. They're 3-4 and four on the season with Detroit coming up on Sunday. Thank you for that call, my man. Next up, Big Raider Big. He's calling in to give a positive about the four losses the Raiders have had so far this season. Here he is, Big Raider Big. What's up, my boy Q? Hey, man, this is uh, Raider Big. Big Raider Big. Sorry. It's been a minute since I called, but I had to call and um, just kind of stress a point here. I know we got four losses, and uh, there's no moral victories, but um, the top ten, uh, what is it, the top ten ranked teams uh, for the week came out, and I was just looking, like all four of our losses have come from uh, four teams in that top ten. So, I mean, it's not a moral victory, but, you know, we've, we've had a brutal schedule. So, anyway, I just wanted to point that out, check in with my boy Q. Sunday's coming up soon. I cannot wait. We haven't been home in forever. It's going to feel like the first game of the season on Sunday. I'll be out there looking to see the rest of the Raider Nation out there. And, uh, yeah, I'll uh, check out here. All right, Q. Later. Thank you for that call, my man. I know it's always tough when you're looking for positives in a negative situation. And look, a negative is a loss. But there are positives that can be had, and I've found some positives in the games as well. But at some point, I want to stop finding positives and losses and start talking about the positives in a win. You know what I mean? But I, I know you're right. You're absolutely right. You make up a good point about the, the games that the Raiders have lost. They're all to really good teams. They're all top 10 teams. I mean, think about the losses. You know, you have Kansas City. You got Minnesota. You got uh, Green Bay. You got the Texans. I mean, those are all teams that expect to be in the playoffs. So I understand what you're saying. But if you're going to consider yourself a P-word team, you got to beat those teams that are going to be in the playoffs, ultimately. But, uh, again, I appreciate your call, and I do understand where you're coming from with those positives. Next up. T3 Raider Facts calling in with his five quick hits of the day, including welcoming Brandon Marshall back to the team, the Raiders, and first downs by way of penalties. Raiders fans in Houston, Trayvon Mullen, pass rush this Sunday. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits for the day. Number one, welcome back to the team, Brandon Marshall. I hope he's able to overcome injuries from earlier in the preseason and offseason, and I hope he brings a little bit of, a little bit of push the Raiders defense and a little bit of juice as well. I hope he stays healthy and I hope he does well against the Lions and maybe on for the rest of the season. Number two, here's a disturbing stat that I saw yesterday. This year so far the Raiders have given up 25 first downs to penalties and have only gained four first downs by way of penalty. That's a very telling stat and something that needs to change. Number three, now I talked to a 49ers fan in Houston and here's what that fan told me. The road crowd in Houston 
was more spirited and more passionate than the home crowds have been in San Francisco for a team that's undefeated. Not my words, Renner Nation, but I'm just telling you something that many of you already know. The NFL passion lies east of the Bay. It always has. Number four, Trayvon Mullen had a tough baptism of fire with Deshaun Watson and a really good receiving core. I think we'll see some good things this week against the Lions and beyond. If he sticks with his fundamentals, he's going to be okay. Can't wait to see Isaiah Johnson back in the mix in a couple of weeks as well. Number five, what I really want to see this Sunday is a lot of grass and dirt on the back and pants of Matthew Stafford. We need a big push with the fellows up front, and we need more stunts. Time for Paul Gunther to dial it up. Collapse the pocket, contain the quarterback, and let's try to up those sack totals. Okay, Nation, we're at midweek, and we're getting ready to kick off three epic tailgates in Oakland. If you haven't been to a game yet, plan your trip and bring the black this coming Sunday. Passion, baby, and Raider passion is pretty damn fashionable. That's a lot of good points as always, my man. Thank you so much. Definitely appreciate that. It's good to hear from you. And like I said before, it was good to meet you. Good to talk to you for a minute, few minutes and chop it up on Sunday in Houston. Raider Brian in San Antonio. He's up next calling in after listening to Monday's show and talks about the lack of movement by the Raiders at the trade deadline. Then talks about the game and in particular, the defense. Here's Raider Brian in San Antonio. Hey, what up Q? It's your boy Brian um, from San Antonio, Texas, ripping that 210. Uh, I guess I would like to go, I would like to be known as Raider Brian from now on, if that's cool with y'all. Uh, I listened to Monday's podcast, I have yet to listen to, uh, Tuesday's, um, but, you know, I was, I am aware that no trade, you know, no trades happen at all. Um, I, I'm actually, I'm feeling a little bit better towards that, I'm glad we got to, you know, keep our picks and look just, and look forward to, uh, this upcoming draft to pick up some, you know, some more young talent on defense and even maybe, you know, uh, a wide receiver. Uh, like maybe CD Lamb, that'd be awesome. Um, I actually went to the uh, Houston game. I was there live with my girlfriend. We drove from San Antonio to Houston. Such an awesome experience tailgating. Um, I even got to sit next to some Raider fans that were really awesome. Uh, one was from uh, Seattle that flew into the game. The other one was from Dallas. Uh, it was really awesome uh, to see you know Raider Nation repping uh, you know repping repping our colors there. It was really awesome. Uh, Again, you know, disappointed that we didn't get that dub. Uh, it was such a close game. Um, you know, defense does have to step it up. And, you know, maybe they just had a bad week because I know the previous week they played pretty freaking awesome. Uh, I am actually aware that we brought back Brandon Marshall uh, to the linebacker course, so maybe that can make a, you know, help us out some and maybe sign maybe another uh, free agent. Um, again, awesome podcast. Love listening to this, man. Uh, I'm going to definitely try to call in uh, a little bit more often now, but it's cool to see, you know, the uh, the uh, uh, the normal call-in people, which are freaking awesome. Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, shout-out to Raider Nation again and, and the uh, Lockdown Raiders podcast. Keep on doing your thank you. Peace. Thanks for the love on the show, my man. I appreciate that. And, yeah, hopefully Brandon Marshall could help bring the heat and contribute in a major way for that linebacking core because they need it. They really, really do. I'm still interested to see what his exact role is going to be, especially after John Gruden talked about him on Wednesday and his thoughts on him. I'm interested to see what Brandon Marshall's moving forward is. Hopefully he's healthy because that's one of the reasons why he didn't make the 53-man roster. It took him forever to get healthy, but we will see soon enough. Next call, Sean from Salt Lake City calling in after listening to Monday and Tuesday's show and has a few things he'd like to say about Paul Gunther's defense. Here's Sean from Salt Lake City. What's up, Q? What's up, Raider Nation? This is Sean from Salt Lake City. Uh, just giving a call after listening to Monday's and Tuesday's podcast, after kind of letting the game kind of sit and kind of think about it and all that great stuff. Um, 
think there's a lot of positives, a lot of negatives, but I mean, the fact that we have positives at this time of the year is a positive because last year at this time was just, was just as uh, Nico and Jersey would say, it's much poo poo. This wasn't very good. Um, I mean, I'm, I know Q, you, you bring up a good point about the whole having continuity. We need to have constant things, but at the same time, it's my issue with Paul Gunther is I understand they were playing zone. Um, so linebacker is going to be on Hopkins, but you need, but at halftime or even during the game, you see, wow, I have Nicholas Morrow and Tucker Whitehead on the best receiver, on our, one of the best receivers in the NFL. I know it's in zone. It's like, huh, we have an overpaid slot corner to guard this slot receiver. How's that adjustment not made? I, like I said, as before I made that, that little cry right there, that I understand you need continuity. But if a coach is not going to make adjustments, that does not justify him being able to keep his job. I mean, I know it's, well, one game, calm down, Sean, yada, yada. At the same time, it's like, dude, you are a professional defensive coordinator, and you can't make that adjustment. I mean, that to me is obvious, unless I just don't know football. Um, that was very frustrating to see. But on the positive end, so I don't want to be a negative caller, um, that offense is looking good. We have some things here that need to be fixed, penalties, drops, things like that have been mentioned and stuff. But it is really nice to see the John Gruden and Derek Carr thing work right now. I credit that a lot to Josh Jacobs, and I called, called in a few months ago before the season started, and I said the most important rookie we're going to have is Josh Jacobs. Because Derek, even though Derek Carr was clean 2016, all that stuff, he was best because he had Latavius Murray. The fact that Josh Jacobs is a threat is what's really helping Derek Carr, in my opinion. And I'm very impressed with how the offense is going. It's only going to be getting better, and I feel like every week it gets better. We clean up the dumb the dumb turnovers. Now it's clean up the dumb penalties and then drop tail with you next week. I'm still excited for the season. I'm not gonna sit there and call playoffs if you make it cool, but I just want I want to see improvement and I wanna see them fight. And I'm just I am damn happy to be a Raider right now. Thank you for that call, Sean. I appreciate you, my man. And the lack of adjustments is definitely something that should have happened, and you're right. It does need to be improved in a major way quickly. I definitely don't disagree with you on that. But firing the defensive coordinator now or even at the end of the season. That just starts things over at scratch again. And then that means the players need to learn a new scheme. Plus, also now you have guys that might not fit the scheme of the new defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? So it's like you can get rid of one guy because you think that he's a problem. But then think about this. Maybe Cleve Farrell fits in some other defensive guy's scheme. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe Max Crosby doesn't fit in another guy's scheme. Maybe Jonathan Abram doesn't fit. I mean, you know what I mean? Like maybe a bunch of guys that you've already invested and brought into the team, now all of a sudden they don't fit into the scheme of the new guy. Maybe they do, but maybe they don't. It's just one of those things. Like It just makes you feel like you're starting back at zero. And what the Raiders really needed the most over the past few years is consistency with the coaching, and it just has not been there. Think about the carousel of coaches, not just the head coach, but the coordinators as well. If you lose a coordinator, it should be ideally because another team poached them off for a better position. You know what I mean? Like Derek Ansley, when he left as a secondary coach for the Raiders, he went to Tennessee to be basically assistant defensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. He, he took a, a higher role. Brian Callahan, he left from the Raiders as the quarterback coach and went over to Cincinnati to be, you know, like co-offensive coordinator. I mean, it was a it was an upgrade. When coaches leave your staff, you don't want it to be because they fired them. You want it to be because they took better jobs. That's kind of the position that the Raiders are in right now. You want to give Paul Gunther a chance to make sure that this defense gets to where it needs to be. So you got to give him time to get all the guys that he needs in place to make that happen. Losing Vontez Burford was a big deal for Paul Gunther in that defense. As much as I didn't like it, it, it was a big deal losing him. So they got to find a guy that can 
fill that role. Last call of the show, and yeah, the show's ran a little bit longer than it's supposed to, but I kind of had an idea. I told you that off top, that it probably was going to do that, and uh, I appreciate y'all for being with me, but uh, yeah, here it is. Last call of the show. Triple A Raider calling in about the trade deadline and the fact he's okay with the Raiders not going out and making any moves. Here he is, Triple A Raider. Yo, what up, Q? What up, Raider Nation? This is Triple A Raider from no longer Bolt Country, San Diego. I just want to touch on this trade deadline real quick. Um, so we didn't get anybody, nobody big anyway. Not, nobody we expected to get. And that's cool with me. I like the fact that we kept on to these, held on to these uh, draft picks. Those draft picks, especially the way Mike Mayock is, is handling his business, are going to be very valuable, valuable, much more valuable than they would have been getting in Ngakwe or, or even at Jamal Adams, like, like they were saying at the end there. Uh, it would have been great. But what I think is that football is not like MLB or the NBA where one player – is going to make that much of a difference. You get a superstar player at the tread dead deadline, and you'll ride them all the way to the championship. Football is the ultimate team sport. You're going to need all of the ten guys on the field to to, to work as one. That's the value of a uh, of perfect. He wasn't, you know, he's past his prime a little bit. He's not as physically capable as he used to be, but his leadership, his knowledge of the defense of the scheme is what made him more valuable. So anyway, I'm cool with them not getting anybody. Look forward to seasons to come with this whole Mayak greeting marriage. Uh, and I think that's it. Oh, one more thing. This Sunday, I'm going to be there, Oaktown against the Lions. First time ever going with the fam. Can't wait to see you all over there. That's it. Go Raiders. Have fun at the game, my man. If you plan on tailgating with the rest of the Locked On family, make sure you hit up Selena at LockedOnRaiders at Yahoo.com. Again, Locked On Raiders at yahoo.com and that goes for anybody who plans on tailgating with the locked on family sunday in oakland against the detroit lions uh selena needs to have a proper head count so please make sure you do that at least reach out to her and say i plan on being there so she has a good idea she's put in a lot of work and there's a lot of people behind the scenes that have put in a lot of work a lot more work than i have all i've been doing is talking about it these people in the background including selena she's kind of led the charge but the people in the background have really really put in a lot of work trying to make sure that this is going to be great. And I tell you, I know it's going to be great because it's been a lot of organization, a lot of things going on, and uh, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait till December 15th when I'm in the house, and I know it's going to be off the chain. We might act foolish, and I'm not going as a media guy at all. I'll tell you that right now. I ain't worried about no credential that day. I'm just going to go and have a whole Raiders weekend and just have a hell of a party. We're going to party all weekend long. I get in town on Friday, and I ain't leaving till Monday. I'm partying the whole damn time. I might not even put no water in my system. I might just, no, I'm not going to do all that. I'm not trying to kill myself. But no, we're going to party. We're going to have a hell of a time. I ain't been back in the Bay in a while, and I'm going to do everything and anything that I can to get my party on. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, again, do me a favor. If you plan on going on Sunday and being a part of the Locked On Tailgate party that they're having at the Coliseum, please hit up Selena. It only takes a couple minutes to send an email. You do it all the time when you're shooting that DM into some girl's DM and you're trying to say, hey, hey, you know, holla at your boy. You know what I mean? When you're trying to do that, when you're trying to shoot your shot, just send an email first before you do that. LockedOnRaiders at Yahoo.com. One more time, LockedOnRaiders at Yahoo.com. Coming up on Friday's show, I was a guest on Locked On Alabama, talking uh, Crimson Tide, talking Josh Jacobs, talking Amari Cooper, Rolando McClain, all kind of stuff like that. It was pretty cool. I'm going to have that on Friday's show as well. It was a good conversation. If you're on Twitter, uh, you might have already seen me retweet it because the, the host of Locked On Bama, he already put it out on Wednesday, kind of like a crossover edition. But if you have not heard it yet, that's cool. It was a fun conversation just talking Alabama football, talking Raiders football, I'm going to have that on tomorrow's show, but I think I'm going to have that as a bonus. So it'll probably be the return of the double disc. 
You know what I mean? That'll be disc two. Because if you want to hear it, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. But I think it'll be kind of cool to go ahead and do that. So I'm going to include that on Friday's show. I'll have more calls straight off the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. I'll have news and notes of the day. And I'll also have keys to the game on Sunday, keys to a Raiders victory on Sunday. What I think, how I think it's going to shake out, how I think it's going to go down. I'm going to do that all on Friday's show. So it should be a fun one. should be a big one. Tonight, I'll be freezing my tail off at McLean Stadium in, in Waco. Baylor plays West Virginia. It's going to be a really fun game I'm anticipating. I won't get home till super late, but who cares? It's football on Halloween. Can't really go wrong. So uh, yeah, it starts tonight football, Friday night football, Saturday. Well, there's, I don't think I have any games I have to cover on Saturday. Then Sunday, the Raiders play and it's my birthday. I can't really ask for too much more. Damn it, I'm getting old. I'll be 43 on Sunday. <laughs> anyway, I think I've been saying I'm 43 for the longest anyway. Hey, man, once you start getting to my age, it don't matter. You start losing count. Anyway, I'm going to shut it on down now because this is going way longer than it's supposed to. But thank you so much for the calls. Thank you so much for the participation in the show. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it again tomorrow. Until then, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.